0: What is Mantraspective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a Promotions Director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montra Spective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guest is a wife and mom of two boys, which keeps her busy enough. She has over 15 years in the fitness and health fields as a personal trainer, physical therapy assistant, yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, and general manager. I know her to be a genuine and caring person who is dedicated to helping others achieve balance with a healthy lifestyle. Sally Whitaker, welcome to Montrospective hi thank you i'm so happy to be talking to you i haven't seen you in forever since this whole pandemic started you know haven't been able to do in-person classes um, which is where i met you initially and i wanted to talk to you kind of about your journey to where you are today and how you're kind of getting through this entire time right now because all of us that were in fields where you can't social distance really (laughs) it kind of affected us in a big way so I want to start off where I start off with everybody and just talk to you about your child. What kind of little girl were you and what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Um, when I was little, I and I don't think this term is necessarily appropriate anymore, but I was what people call the tomboy. Be, you know, and now with all of like gender identity and it being a construct and what we know now, um, I wasn't, you know, I was just a girl that liked doing outdoors things. And I loved, you know, He-Man instead of Barbie and playing with little cars instead of princesses. But then I also had Barbies and all of that, too. So I was just an adventurous kid. Um, Even as a kid, I was like a people pleaser. Um, I was athletic. I spent a lot of time outside roller skating, rollerblading, um, playing ball, dancing. But anytime I tried to do my, or tried to take a class or be on a team that usually lasted like, you know, three practices with a softball team or five dance classes. And I was like, "Mm, no, I'd rather just like make up my own stuff in, in my living room.
0: So So, did you get bored easily with things or was that your, just your creative outlet where you wanted to do things your own way? I think
1: I just wanted to do things my own way and had a hard time doing the same thing as everybody else.
0: So you are an active child. Did that transpire into your teenage years and, and all of that as well? Or, you know, when did you discover things like yoga and Pilates? Was that much later in life or did you find that as a teenager? For
1: yoga and Pilates, I, that was later in life. But like I said, I did always like being active. Um, I started running in high school, um, but wasn't on a track team, wasn't on cross country or anything like that. In school, like my school persona, it was more music. Um, I, was, I played the flute, I played uh, percussion, I was in choir, and so it was more of the arts writing um, my, on the school side. But then I definitely, you know, in my spare time would run and walk and um, do step aerobics <laughs> and things like that in the late 90s. Um, so I wouldn't have, I don't think a career guidance counselor would have been like, you should get into health and fitness. Um, but I, you know, I knew about what yoga was and what Pilates was. My dad did, um, Denise Austin videos and. Uh, my sister did Sweat into the Oldies with Richard Simmons, so I did like group fitness, um, and I took some kickboxing classes and, like I said, step aerobics. But I didn't actually do yoga for the first time until I had about a nine-month-old child, um, and so I was in my in my twenties.
0: So, what were you doing initially um, after high school? Did you go to college, and what was your career path at that time before discovering what you're doing now?
1: Uh, I did a little bit of everything as a high school, senior, college freshman. If you would have asked me then, I was going to write, probably write movies, um, some sort of writing journalism. um, And I still have found ways to do that with my present self. um, But that was definitely where I thought I was going then.
0: Okay, so you had your first child. What was it about yoga that drew you to that?
1: A friend just invited me to go, Um, it was to a hot yoga class, and it was just a single drop-in class, and I remember liking the movement aspect of it, but then um, the last, you know, five, seven minutes of class when we were in Shavasana, um, and I, having a nine-month-old at home, um, I just remember lying there on that mat and being like, No one's trying to touch me. I don't need to feed anybody. This is just me by myself. uh, And I really liked that.
0: Was there anything about yoga initially that was intimidating for you? I know a lot of people um, perceive it as a lot of difficult positions. And I've tried yoga multiple times before. And there's different levels, of course, of yoga. But especially for people who've never tried it before, what do you suggest as a good entry point?
1: To just go and look at it as a movement practice to start with, Um, that was what intimidated me going was that I was going to do something wrong or that everybody else on the mats around me was having like this divine spiritual experience. And I must be doing something wrong because all I can think about is where my hands are and my feet hurt and is my, you know, back in the right position. Um, So just go into it with the idea that you're gonna move, you're gonna breathe, and that's all you really need to worry about. You don't need to think about anything deeper than that until you're ready to.
0: And I definitely think there's a misconception that you have to be a size two to do yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, And that certainly got debunked for me right away the first time I did it. I'm certainly not a size two, um, but there were people of all sizes in the class and all ability levels and everybody was just doing it to the best of their ability at that time. And I think that's important to point out for people too, that Mm -hmm. yeah, you may see these yoga DVDs and all of that these days and videos that, that, you know, everybody looks perfect and they're in these cute little outfits, but that's not truly what yoga is about. Um, So I, I don't know, I have a new appreciation for it, I guess, because the first yoga class I did, we did a few positions that everybody else, like you said, seemed to be so graceful. And so, you know, like they just, it was just nothing for them. And for me, I'm falling over and can't keep balance. And it became frustrating, but something that takes practice and it's something that takes time. So yeah. Okay. Um, How is Pilates and yoga different? That
1: is a podcast in and of itself <laughs> that we could do multiple seasons of, I think. Um, they tend to be lumped together, I think, just because you, do, you can do them both on a mat, uh, whereas there's a lot more to Pilates than just the mat work, just like there's much more to yoga than what you see people doing on a mat. Um, this is not my words. I saw it somewhere else, read it somewhere else, but it makes the most sense to me is that yoga is a practice of stillness and Pilates is a practice of movement. So when you come to yoga, you're centering yourself. We usually begin seated or lying down on mat. You slowly make your way up to standing, but even in the standing postures, it's stillness. You're holding something uncomfortably long, um, especially in this fast-paced world, to hold warrior two, for example, uh, just a yoga pose of your arms out and feet are grounded on your mat. We might hold that for three breaths and that feels like an eternity in your first yoga class or your 10th yoga Mm -hmm. class. Um, Whereas with Pilates, you start standing, you sit on your mat and then you're pretty much on your mat the whole time, but you're rolling onto your side, you're rolling onto your back, you're on your stomach, um instead of holding something you're moving the whole time um, and trying to perfect how your body is moving whereas with yoga you're trying to protect um you're trying to perfect how your body is holding itself so that's like the really really short answer to something that we could go on and on about um, for quite
0: some time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's something I i don't think I've ever actually tried Pilates before. Um, I think I've been in some hybrid classes um, before, but not just straight Pilates because of course there's equipment and stuff you can use as well, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily yeah. just mat work. So um, I just, I find that fascinating because Um, you know, everybody tries to find something that they love to do. Some people love running, some people love yoga, some people love riding a bike. What was it about Pilates that made you want to really dive in and become certified and teach that to others?
1: Seeing how it could really change people's movement and their lives because of that for the better. Um, and there's also a definite relaxing mind body aspect to Pilates too. If you tend to have a more, um, nervous personality, where it's hard for you to maybe do some of the meditative work of yoga, um, Pilates still will give you that break from your just scripted thoughts that go on all day long because uh, we move at a pretty quick pace once you come to several classes. And if you're not thinking about where your feet are and where your neck is and where your core is engaged um, and what movement is coming next so you can get there efficiently, Um, then you're not, you know, you're not going to have a good class. And so there's times where then, you know, 50 minutes later after my Pilates class, I haven't thought about all of my worries and troubles and things like that. Um, And then in addition to that, just the strengthening aspects, the fact that you learn how to carry yourself differently. Um, I really like being able to help people while I wasn't super interested in working in a physical therapy clinic and doing all the charting and all of that for years and years. I really liked the aspect of helping people leave my space feeling better. Um, And Pilates definitely does that.
0: Um, What's your approach to working with a new client that comes in? I know you've kind of stepped away a little bit from teaching, but when somebody comes to you and says, okay, you know, I want to try this. What's what's your first advice to them?
1: If we're working one-on-one, then I try to figure out what it is I mean, we're all trying to figure out what their goals are in any fitness realm, um, but with Pilates, it could be that they just had knee surgery six months ago, and they've maxed out their physical therapy, and they just need to, to get active again and get strong again. Um, other people, they want the more fitness aspect, not the rehabilitative aspect, and so it's figuring that out. What are you doing now? what can I help you do in the future to get where you want to be? So we just, it's just a quick little assessment. And what we learned in my Pilates training is you are really assessing the person, not to make anybody feel more nervous about this, but as an instructor, I am looking at you from the second you walk in the door. Um, Your posture, if you're shrugged one way, if you tend to tilt, you know, we're watching you as you come in and just seeing how you carry yourself. And if someone's really guarded when they come in their first session. I'm going to approach them differently than someone that's just, you know, open and flailing about and ready, you know, energy speaking
0: to go. Do you think that's, um, a differentiating factor between what you do and a regular personal trainer who has you working with weights and doing cardio and things like that? Would it be that you're kind of assessing them more from mentally where they're at at that moment as much as physically? For me,
1: yes, because when I was doing personal training, gosh, you know, at the very beginning of my career, so it was 2003, four, five, um, I definitely was not taking any of that. But that's not to be that experienced, you know, just what we think of as a personal trainer doing weights and all of that. They might be doing that now, just where I was, uh, I was not. Okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely taking the emotional and the physical into uh, mind as I create their workout program.
0: So you've been on your own health journey. It seems like your entire life. It's always been something that's top of mind and front of mind for you. I think a lot of people have a hard time managing temptations and cravings, you know, and and all of those bad things for us. Is that something you've ever had to dealt with? And if so, how do you do it?
1: I'm dealing with it right now. (laughs) Actually. it, it's, an, it's a cycle. And it's just an up and down for me. Um, I have had a major change in my career and in my day to day life, like so many of us have because of the pandemic. But for me, I went from teaching, physically teaching like some cycle classes each week and yoga where I'm moving more and Pilates where I might not be doing the workout with them but I'm walking around um, to now I'm the general manager of a Pilates studio and I spend a lot of time um, standing or sitting and I'm not getting those hour long uh, Piloxing which is like a cardio kickboxing class. I'm not doing that with my students anymore. I'm still eating though, like I am. And so it is, it's hard to manage cravings, especially in this environment now of like, well, should I have the ice cream? No. But what if in a week from now, I am sick and I can't breathe. Or what if in a week from now, I've lost my job and I can't afford the ice cream or whatever it might be. Um, so it's, It's balancing that out. And what I'm trying to do now um, is ask myself, as someone who wants to remain healthy, is this a smart choice for me to eat right now in this moment? Um, Or even if I am having the cookies or the brownies or the pizza, I just try to say to myself, as someone that wants to be healthy, would I have two slices of pizza or four? Can I have two slices of pizza and then a bunch of veggies? Yes. That's what a healthy person would do.
0: So it's just so much mental gymnastics that comes (laughs) along with it because, you know, you'll have, you know, the, the naughty side of your brain saying, but it's not that big of a deal if you just do it this one time and then there's the Mm -hmm. gateway to everything else. Um, and I think that's been what I've dealt with my entire life is, that whole mental gymnastics of going back and forth between right and wrong and, oh, just one won't hurt me and and all of that. And then you add this pandemic into it, which limits everything that we can do. I mean, it really does do a number on you. So Mm -hmm. I'm not happy to hear (laughs) that you're going (laughs) through any of that, but it's somewhat refreshing to know someone who is trained in this, who has been very active for the vast majority of their life, still deals with those things too. It's, It's not just a switch that turns off, it's something that you have to actively work with every single day.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I am a sugar junkie. That is my Achilles heel for sure. And uh, just when I was super active and running 10 to 15 miles a week, on top of teaching, physically teaching all of those classes, I could have four Oreos at the end of a day, and then splurge on the weekends. Um, but now it's you know making those changes, and everyone that I've worked with along the way for the last fifteen years, whether they are a size zero or not, um, maybe leading to to you know change some things in their habits. Um, everyone struggles with it, whether they outwardly look like it or not. Um, everybody's working on those cravings and
0: and doing the right thing. And you've got a couple of growing boys at home that I'm sure, you know, into all sorts of things. So I'm sure that's a challenge as well. Their favorite, they would eat pasta with some
1: sort of cream sauce every night and be happy. And yeah, to have growing children, I want them to eat and be healthy and make things that they like. Uh, But then it's really hard to not have the Alfredo pasta uh, right along with them.
0: Yeah. That sounds delicious right about now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, when you decided to make the switch and really focus on making this your career, did you deal with any criticism from anybody that you should be doing something different or was everyone in your life really supportive of the direction you were going in? I think everyone was really supportive. Um, I'm
1: going to tell my favorite story (laughs) that I tell all the time. Um, and I think, you know, as I told my family this and my friends this, um, I think it all made sense to them. I was working retail. Um, this was 2002, two, three. loved my retail job, um, but then had been with it for about five years and it was just a lot. Um, and plus I had like an 18 month old son at the time and uh, my husband got me um, a day at the spa. So I got a massage and a steam room experience. And I remember sitting in the steam room and just feeling so relaxed and thinking as my, you know, 24 year old self, I want to work somewhere that has a steam room. What can I do? And like a week later, I'm on the phone with different gyms. I was like, oh, we're in a gym. They have saunas, they have steam rooms. I can do that. And ended up getting a job at the YMCA, just as a fitness attendant, started from the very bottom, you know, cleaning the machines and getting people signed up and all of that. Um, The YMCA didn't have a steam room. Yeah. So the punchline is, is I have never worked in a place with a sauna (laughs) or steam room, Uh, but that was the catalyst for me. That's what got me to make this change from retail to health and fitness and then from working at the Y I got interested in physical therapy and then through physical therapy I got interested in Pilates still waiting on the steam sauna but
0: uh, <laughs> just need to put one in your house just go ahead
1: need to, to at this point especially um, but yeah so to go back to your question um, my friends and family were all very supportive especially since I went to it with um, a plan you know I had started out at the YMCA and then I took, um, you know, I restarted school and was taking anatomy and physiology and medical terminology. And so I was approaching it, not just like, I'm going to do this thing. It was like, I'm doing this and forging
0: ahead. Do you have any dreams of having your own studio one day? Not really. <laughs> I, maybe that's a question I should have asked you maybe a year ago before all this happened. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. But um, even before that, like, I have delved into it. I took a really awesome course um, with, we're so lucky to have the Kaufman Foundation in the Kansas City area. And it is a national program, but like this is where its roots are. So it's really cool. Um, and I took that course, 2015, I believe. And it's for entrepreneurs, people that are interested in small business ownership. And um, I would say a lot of the people that go through the course then end up maybe not opening a small business, at least as soon as they thought they were, because you see it with a different perspective. And I've had um, just the biggest honor of working for some really great small business owners. And I see how hard it is for them. And I always say, you know, I love the management aspect. I love the teaching aspect. Um, I love helping them get the most out of their space. But to keep the lights on and all of that, like, I just, I'm not there yet. And never say never, but
0: not right now. Is there someone you've worked with in your career that had a particular transformation that you're most proud of being a part of? (sighs) That's, um...
1: That's very weighted. (laughs) Um, I have seen everyone that I have worked for, I have seen make really great decisions and then some decisions that maybe they should have thought out better. Um, I've learned so much from every single small business owner that I have worked for. Um, I will say that um, I have the pleasure of, still being friends with and having worked for Becky Suarez, who owns uh, Better Bodies and Personal Best Pilates. Um, So she owns studios on both sides of the state line and she makes some really awesome decisions and knows when the time is right to sign on the dotted line or not. And uh, still it maintains her Personal life, you know, she gets out there and is active and does things she loves while also having really successful businesses.
0: Anybody,
1: and
0: that's Alice, I think, is Yeah. Super yeah. Um, anybody from a personal standpoint that maybe you've helped with a transformation, someone that you've worked with, whether it be through yoga or Pilates, maybe that had an injury or a weight issue or anything like that. So, someone that sticks out in your mind that you're really proud of being a part of their journey? Um, There's several for sure.
1: Um, But I'm going to mention my dear friend and former student, her name's Liz. And she is hopefully still doing Pilates right now. But, you know, again, the pandemic has changed things. But, uh, and this is public knowledge. She talks about it openly and goes to conferences and things. She has Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. but you would not know it if you saw her, you know, when we think of someone with Parkinson's, we all get a a certain idea in our head. Um, But Liz is strong. Liz has awesome posture. She puts in the work. Um, No matter how expensive those one-on-one Pilates sessions got or how icky she was feeling on certain days, she came and did the work. And if we could only do half of what I had planned, we did half, and on days when we got through her hour session in 40 minutes time, then we did more. Um, and to me, that's, that's when exercise, that's when Pilates especially, but any form of physical fitness is most important is when it's the hardest to do. Because it would be really easy to just, you know, when we're 25 and we feel awesome, it's for myself anyway, it was really easy to run five miles and then lift the weights and you know, all of that. Um, But when you are of a certain age and you have a diagnosis that's going to stay with you the rest of your life, it's hard to show up and it's hard to keep going. And when you hurt and you're tired and your brain feels fuzzy and 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 um, it's so easy to not. But she showed up and just kept moving and was always willing to try whatever I, I had planned for her.
0: Well, that's a perfect transition into my next question. What inspires you? Professionally? Anything. Just what <laughs> just in, What inspires you to, to get up every day and to continue to do what you do and have a positive attitude and help change lives?
1: Just knowing that the people that are coming to me, whether it's for a group class, a one-on-one session, or now even I'm just general overseeing and making sure it happens, is that people are giving me one hour of their day. And we only have 24 hours a day. We only have 18, 12 hours a day that we function. And on the flip side of that, um, when I've been at my most anxious feeling or just not, you know, burnt out, whatever it might be, not feeling it for the day, um, I just tell myself, you know, the the clients that are coming today, all they want from me is for, for me to help them for me to help them feel better and be their best self. And it, yeah, I might be having a crappy day or maybe have a flat tire or my bills are due or whatever it might be. Um, But they just, the reason they're here for this hour is because they want to be their best self and they trust me to do that for them. So that's what inspires me is, And to keep going and to do what I do is that people choose to come into my space, whether it's to learn from me or to learn from the instructors that I am in charge of now. Um, It's just inspiring that they choose us.
0: What would be the most important thing you want people to know about striving for mind and body wellness?
1: That it's, it takes practice, that it's just like throwing a baseball, it's just like running a marathon, it's just like playing tennis. Um, I think you see the pictures and the influencers doing yoga, doing Pilates, and it looks effortless, um, but they've done it to get that one picture, and we all are kind of learning that more and more to get that one beautiful picture It's taken them years of practice, and then it takes 100 takes after those years of practice to get that perfect image. Um, So just like to circle all the way back around to, you know, your first yoga class and what you should expect, just expect that it takes time. And you'll have days on your mat, whether it be yoga or Pilates, where you feel like you were just a globby sort of it worked. And then you'll have days where you feel amazing and like you, you know, checked all of the boxes. Um, So a mind-body practice takes just as much work as just a physical practice. And you have to honor that. You wouldn't expect to be able to run a marathon today if you hadn't run two miles a year ago.
0: Well, it's just allowing yourself to have patience and grace with yourself that you're not going to be perfect Mm -hmm. out of the gate, no matter what you try with anything, you know, like you were talking about, you know, people doing it for the gram, you know, all the photos and videos I've watched so many women, you know, do these really beautiful like headstands and stuff. I can't even begin to think about doing one of those right now. Would I like to strive towards doing that someday? Sure, but they do, they make it look effortless, but it's not something that came overnight to them either. It took work and practice. And I think that's um, kind of the message of this is that you just have to make the decision that you're a priority and you're important enough for yourself to put in that work and make that change.
1: And that everyone around you is doing the same thing. Uh, One of the things hear the most is people like, well, I want to come do this class with you, but I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to be the only one that doesn't know what I'm doing. Um, And I encourage people that feel that way to come anyway. And if the crowd you're with does give you dirty looks and they're frustrated, then go somewhere else. That's not your crowd. That's not your group, but there will be a group within the yoga community, the Pilates community, whatever it is you're choosing to do, that they're just as fumbling and searching as you are, even if they don't look like it. So if you're really passionate about trying it, you'll find the right spot. Um, yeah. Just, just
0: keep giving
1: that that second chance.
0: Yeah. Well, and your community should be people that maybe have mastered certain things and are your teacher as well. You know, I, I tend to surround myself mm-hmm. with people that, um, you know, they're not giving me the dirty looks or anything, but they're looking at me and they're giving me suggestions and they're helping out. That's the community you're looking for. So right. I love that you said that, that if you if you're there and there, you're getting the dirty looks and all of that, just move on because there are plenty of people out there that just want to help others. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Um, we've reached a point in the podcast where I'm going to give you a scenario that um, people deal with every single day, and it may be construed as negative or a challenge, and your goal is to find the positive in it. And we've kind of talked about it off and on throughout our entire chat, so this will not be a challenge for you at all, I'm sure. So here's your scenario. A pandemic has shut down all fitness facilities and your routine is completely changed. You have to learn how to work out and stay motivated at home. Find your Montrospective.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, You have, you still have to make it a priority. You cannot say, well, now I'm home all the time. So while I used to work out at eight o'clock in the morning, I can do it whenever I'll get it in. I would say, you know, now having gone through it, If your workout time was Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 a.m., then get that workout in Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 a.m. Even if then you just go ahead and put your pajamas right back on and do your Zoom calls later, um, stay consistent with it. Or if the 8 a.m. time doesn't work anymore, just change it. But change it just like you weren't in a global shutdown and say, okay, I'm going to do my yoga every day at 3 p.m. And set a timer and commit to that and make sure your family knows your kids, your spouse, your roommate, um, your job, you know, just like when you're going into your office, you, you would say, okay, I'm going to go on my lunch to do this, do that even if you're home, even if things have changed and, um, consistency is key. And it might not be that you're doing what you love to do. You might not be able to go to the same classes or the same gym that you were able to. Um, but you can still move and you can still be active. And just because you don't have a treadmill at your house doesn't mean you still can't maybe find a video that you like to do or get outside. So just flip um, what your expectations are that you're going to move no matter what. And stay consistent with the time of day and, and and the days of the week that work for you.
0: Have you been successful in incorporating your family into working out with you, or is it something that you keep separate?
1: Um, that has changed through the years.
0: When my boys were
1: younger, um, we definitely all would work out together. My older son used to come to my yoga classes and my Pilates classes. And I even got them to come, my husband and older son to go to a Zumba class with me once. Um, and we still, you know, when we were all like truly staying at home, um, my boys would go for a walk with me every day and we would get to a trail every now and then. Um, but as they've got, older and as my husband and my jobs have changed throughout the years it's been a little bit harder for all four of us to get a workout in. Um but it is definitely something that yeah you know, they come in and out with working out with me but they have their own things now too. So
0: sure sure. Yeah. Okay one final question for you. What mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going?
1: Mmm, I should have had that prepared <laughs> for sure. Um I have a lot, I think. Um one would be to go to the places that scare you. And I was doing that before I even had read the book uh, by Pima Children. Um because again, to go way back to the YMCA, when I went there for my first day, having never worked in the health and fitness industry, I remember walking in and thinking I was scared and then answered myself, you know, to say, if it's scary, that means it's worth it. Um, so that probably going to the places that scare me and, would be
0: my daily mantra. That's a really good one and a really intense one (laughs) for people (laughs) because everybody hates facing their fears, but that's what's necessary and that's what drives all of us. So that's Mm -hmm. perfect. Um, Sally, thanks for joining me today to share your journey. I know you've inspired others to take a chance. Go try a yoga class. Go try a Pilates class if you're in the Kansas City area and want to say hi to Sally. She is the general manager at Club Pilates in Overland Park, Kansas, and I'm sure she'd love to see you and say hi. Anything else you want to leave with us today, Sally?
1: Um, just to, you know, get
0: outside, take deep
1: breaths. Um, and when I can start teaching yoga again in the Blue Springs area at Mantra to come see me, we are working so hard at that. And I miss, I just, if any of my Blue Springs yogis happen to be listening, I miss them all so much. Uh, so we're counting the days.
0: Yeah. We all miss that a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and I'll talk to you again soon. Remember your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.